Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, Blue. Yo, Adrian. A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more. From deep inside the Man Cave, your host, Elias. Seth, welcome to the cave. Thanks for having me, man. Excited to All be right. here. How are you, man? What's new with you? I'm good, man. Just uh, just sitting back watching Echo Boomers, man. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. how, uh, how you, how'd you deal with the whole quarantine? And are you still quarantined? Dude, yeah. Quarantine was good, dude. I mean, um, at first, you know, I think I think we all kind of went crazy though, that first uh, the first two months. But then I think we all kind of accepted it. I've, I've been pretty good, man. I can't complain. There you go. Well, you you probably were busy. You probably were writing new projects. Yeah, that's that's really what we've done. Like this last, you know, the last few months, it kind of gave me this chance to step back and really um, start writing on some new stuff that we're about to start pushing. And um, yeah, man, it's been good. It's actually been a really big blessing, honestly. Yeah. So yeah, I mentioned you're a writer, director, and recently released uh, Echo Boomers, man. And we'll talk about that. Let's get to know a little bit more about you first. Uh, where are you originally from? I uh born and raised in Little Rock, Arkansas. I'm like a good old southern boy. My family's pretty hardcore Cajun French. Uh and they they're kind of from the bayous of Louisiana. And um yeah, man, I I grew up in Arkansas, went to an all boys Catholic school with uh you know, the short hair, the tie, the whole deal. <laughs> um and uh and uh then kind of from there I went to film school at Columbia College Chicago and uh and just kind of stayed, you know. Yeah. How old were you when you uh, kind of had an idea this is what you wanted to get into? Yeah, I mean, I always kind of knew my, my uh, family were, were theater goers. So they were kind of theater nerds. And um, and there was something about it that was just really appealing. And I kind of knew that I really wanted to jump into theater. And once you get into theater, you start to kind of realize that um, these shows are just consistent. They're, you know, they're just made of, really good performances and every show's different and it was just kind of this fun and flashy thing and I kind of wanted to put all of those great performances together because you know in theater it kind of it changes you know the the best scene might be the first night of the show and then these other scenes might progress and I was just kind of baffled that you can't like put those into one one art form and you can and it's film and so that's kind of how I ran with it. How did you decide on which path to take in the industry, you know, like, you know, you said theater, like, how did you decide not to do, go into acting? Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I think, I think what it kind of came down to originally, I was kind of mesmerized with acting, just I think like a lot of artists are. And, um, and there was something about uh, the director that was just kind of like this, this person that's uh, into it even after it's it's shot or even after the show's over it just was kind of mesmerizing to me and I kind of feel like that there was this like uh, a director needs to have this like kind of eagles eagles view of kind of what's going on and I always kind of loved that and um, and so I started um, directing theater plays at about 17 and uh, and then I just kind of ran with it man and I, it just was one of those things that I loved and and, um, and that's kind of how it worked. Uh, growing up, like, what were some of your favorite like films and TV shows that inspired you? Dude, it's funny because like I feel like 
I feel like the first real movie I remember my dad and I going to see, and this is going to age me a little bit, but um, like the first one that I really remember, like I'm sure he took me to ones that, you know, were whatever, but it was The Matrix. I, I and remember I, remember, I remember him taking me to The Matrix and just thinking that The Matrix was so badass. Like it was just so cool. And, um, and so that was definitely something like this kind of like action packedish thing that definitely I think influenced me. But I think as I grew as a filmmaker, I really started to appreciate, you know, these other films of, and these other directors. Like I just remember watching, you know, Goodfellas my freshman year of college when I was 18. And I remember like, I look at like it now as like life before watching that movie and, and life after that, because it was just one of those movies that like, I couldn't believe I hadn't seen before, you know. How many times have you seen Goodfellas? Oh, a million times now, dude. A million times for sure. Um, but I mean, I've, I've definitely, as a filmmaker, you know, like I really do love this, um, love this kind of new age of Hollywood that we're walking into of, you know, Barry Jenkins and Damien Chazelle and like these really young dudes that are really like kind of moving the industry. So, yeah, let's talk about Echo Boomers. And before we even get into that, what, before you started filming this, what, movies did you go back to watch to try to like get an idea how you wanted to film this yeah there were two of them uh oceans 11 was a big inspo you know steven soderbergh is is uh i feel like from a directing standpoint i could relate to him the most just being an indie guy doing it all himself kind of that really hard hustle and um and so there was that and then there was uh, uh fight club Okay. were kind of the two that that I went to to kind of really analyze. I was hoping you were going to mention Heat. Remember Heat without? Oh, dude, Heat Heat was one that I've watched a few. Heat and Layer Cake. Yeah. Or another two that are just like really kind of fun heisty heisty films. So, you wrote this. How long? When did you write the script? And how did you get the idea? Yeah. So it was 2013. I was uh, graduating Columbia. And I'd kind of gotten to the point where like the student debt was starting to kick in and kind of that whole thing. And I realized as I was graduating that there's definitely no shortage of filmmakers out there. And um, so that kind of started to snowball and, and I kind of felt lost, man. Like I didn't know what that first piece was going to be. And, um, and kind of while that was happening, I looked, I picked up a Chicago newspaper and I read these stories about these uh, college kids that were busting into these really nice houses. And like, weirdly enough, I could really relate to them. Like I could understand why they were doing this. And like, I got it. Like it didn't seem this crazy far-fetched thing. Like these newspapers were making it sound like. And, um, and so I kind of took that and I ran with it and it, and it became echo boomers. How long did it take you to write the script? I started writing that in 2013 and I was changing it all the way up until the day of. So wow. total of probably like six years. Now, how did you get that into the Sundance film? Cause I, I saw that it won an award. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that was through a lawyer who I had at the time who, you know, said that I should do this. And, and it was like an independent script pitch competition. And uh, I had the, I had the pitch down. You know, I really, really had tailored that thing and it was really fun and flashy and um, kind of once that happened, that's what kind of grabbed the attention of Michael Shannon's team. 
Oh, wow. So that's kind of what snowballed that, you know. What and, you know, Sundance is kind of a crazy place yeah. because, you know, people come up to you and say, hey, look, want to buy this from you? I'm going to rip your name off. But, you know, I'll give you money. What do you say? And it's just like this, like, kind of stimulating thing. But okay. well, what was the, after you won that, what was, what was, how long was the process until, like, you started, like, putting the cast together and get an idea of when you're going to film this and yeah dude i mean like you know especially at the level that echo was made um you know filmmaking is an extremely process and you know just to be able to make movies like this is just extremely tough and to find the money for it and to make everything line up actor wise it's just amazing that any movies get made on this level but um but yeah we um we we ended up getting Michael Shannon probably in um, probably in late 2016, and um, and and then we just kind of we sat down and and um, so Sean Kaplan was the producer who kind of found the project and he took it to uh, Michael Shannon's team. His name's Byron Wetzel and they kind of got together on this and you know they came to me and they were like, look Seth, like we can either go after the top of the top millennial talent and kind of make this a, a huge heavy hitting movie with just big names or we can go this other route where we you know we really try to find the next generation of actors like Michael Shannon where they're like truly respected and they're going to be like you know the top of their class and um, something about that second option just seemed like there was no other way about it and so yeah. we kind of we took that route and we started this auditioning process that probably took two and a half years oh, wow, of just long, huh? well yeah because like I, I wanted to i wanted to find actors that i was in love with you know what i mean i wanted to find actors that i knew would wouldn't have a trouble with the material and just like it just needed to be a perfect fit and um you know i'm, I'm super thankful that shannon just kind of stuck with me that long you know what i mean no matter what him and his team were there to make sure that this got done and um and so that was cool and and you know we started piecing this thing together and uh you know patrick schwarzenegger had never really had a movie like this before like he'd, he'd been a lead but he'd never been given this opportunity to really be in the big leagues and shine and you know show us this beautiful arc and um and we kind of t rolled the dice on him and he killed yeah. it you know i mean how, he just kind of blew it out of the water how hard was it to like narrow it down to those guys to cat uh, to be in the movie it was pretty tough man i mean you know jacob alexander who plays chandler and oliver cooper those guys were just kind of natural fits they were like kind of un uh oliver's done a ton of stuff but um they, they were just perfect fits while you know gillis geary who plays jack we um it, it really took a lot of auditioning to find that role. And I wanted to find someone who I was absolutely nuts over. And I think that Gillis has, um, I think Gillis is just such an unbelievable actor and an unbelievable young talent. And um, he's someone that I'm for sure going to work with from every movie from here on out. But um, it's just how serious he takes his craft. And, you know, uh, Alex Pettifer, you know, we didn't, you know, he's kind of fallen off the map a little bit. He comes back and he has this amazing role in Echo that he just, he just handled so well that I think is going to really put him back into, you know, all these kind of movies that he wants to do. Where, uh, where was this filmed and how long did it take you to film the whole movie? Yeah, we shot in, um, in Salt Lake City and we shot in Salt Lake for about a month. 
And then we came back back to Chicago and shot another like three weeks in Chicago. Oh, wow. um, and, um, you know, the, the crazy thing about indie filmmaking is just how little time you have. Yeah. And, you know, we had a, a 112 page script that we had to shoot out. And, you know, realistically, they gave me three weeks. They say, Seth, this is all you got for four weeks, 20, wow. 22 days. And, you know, we started, we shot a little bit more than that, but it was, it's just such an intense process when you don't have a studio there, you know, yeah. kind of paying for everything, you know, so. What do you think was the most challenging part making this movie? Probably that, you know, I, I feel like yeah. the, the budget is something that um, I feel like we had a, a really low budget and I, and I feel like I kind of proved off of this to a lot of studios that, you know, if you give me that flexibility and you give me more time to shoot and those things I can really make something that's just like out of this world and uh but you know until then we were like you know hustling really staying on on track in terms of days and and budget and all that stuff so that was probably the hardest part what do you think was your favorite moment during all this that's that yeah I mean it's one of those things that like we were shooting and there were these moments of we were sculpting these performances and it was working with Patrick and Michael Shannon and Gillis. And you start sculpting these performances and you're behind monitor and you're seeing these performances shape and you've sculpted it enough and you've done enough homework and you've talked to the actors the right way and they just start killing it. And you're behind monitor and it's that it's kind of that moment that you chase, you know what I mean? You know that the scene's just going to be out of this world because of how they're doing it and everything's directed perfectly and the cinematography is perfect and you just kind of lose it. You just get so excited because you know that, you know, the impact that it's going to have. Without spoiling, is there like a favorite scene that you want to tell us about that sticks out to? Yeah, I mean, the, the ending is really kind of what I build up to that I think is just phenomenal. I mean, some of the music towards the end, super fun. What happens at the very end is just something that like your, your heart goes to your stomach and you just, it's just hard. It's just tough. And I think that that's, uh, that's a testament to the filmmaking. So. What kind of reaction do you want from the audience when they see this movie? You know, I want them to have fun. You know, I want them to be able to turn their brain off for an hour and 34 minutes of, 2020 you know what i mean all of yeah. us hate 2020 and i feel like uh you know our level of expectation for content has decreased significantly since quarantine and um you know i'm really happy that i got to kind of release this movie during a time when all people who do are watching content mm -hmm. and it's it's good quality it's quality before quarantine happened you know and i think people really need that and um, I think people are going to look at this and just, and they, and they kind of have been of just saying like, this is just great quality filmmaking and it's fun and it's cool. So how can the listeners, uh, find the movie? Yeah. So we are, um, we are on Amazon, iTunes, uh, it's on Fandango. It's pretty much anywhere, anywhere you can type in echo boomers. It'll pop up. Yeah. Hey, real, real quick. Uh, when your family saw this movie, what, were the, what was their reaction? Dude, that's actually a funny question because um, we did uh, we had a, we opened in a pretty good amount of theaters throughout the United States, and it, it was the same. It was the same with my girlfriend too. I, I hadn't. Uh, it's just like I wanted them to see it in a perfect setting. Yeah. And I didn't want to show them anything early, and I wanted them to get like the full experience. Yeah. 
And um, so they didn't they didn't get to see it until opening night, which was, I guess, two Fridays ago now. Um, but uh, they loved it. I mean, they were just it's funny because you tell your family and your loved ones like you're working on something for so long and, you know, it kind of becomes a part of you. And uh, they didn't they'd seen some of my work before, but never kind of on this caliber and on this level. And uh, they were just kind of taken back by how how professional it was and how it felt like a studio movie even though we didn't have a studio behind it. what's your feeling towards the whole movie theater now with like everything you know like because of the whole pandemic you know some movies are just going right to streaming in other words you know they get one or two nights or a weekend at the movie theater and that's it Yeah, you know, I kind of feel weird about it. Um, I mean, it is what it is. I, I think that we need to keep the theaters alive. And I think it was one of those huge things that um, I was just happy that like the studio system is kind of backing down and not giving their big Hollywood hits because no one's going to go into the movies. And the same effect to that, those those super, you know, indie theaters are dying because of it. And I was just, I felt blessed to be a part of the solution yeah. of like getting people into the theaters, keeping indie theaters alive, get people, you know, back into the movies. And, um, you know, I, I was looking at it really as a blessing because if if this hadn't happened, I would have been up against James Bond and Wonder Woman and Dune and these films that like I would have just been drowned out by, right. you know? And, uh, and, and the reverse side of that coin is that like now it kind of gives uh, movies like Echo Boomers the chance to shine. Mm. So uh, what's next for you, man? Any other projects that you think you're going to get working on soon? Or? Yeah, you know, like we've been we've been kind of reading everything that's been coming across. We've, we've gotten like kind of an unbelievable amount of offers for the next one. And, you know, the biggest thing that I want to do is I want to find a project that I really, I don't want to just jump into the next one. I want to find something that I can really sink my teeth into and that's relevant and um, and that isn't just something, you know, to do. Or, you know, I want to care about it just as much as Echo and, um, so I've been, we've been definitely reading everything that's been coming across, but I've been working on this, um, this, this completely original franchise that I think the studio is going to eat up. That's awesome. And uh, lastly, uh, how can the listeners find you on social media, Seth? Yeah, I'm on uh, Instagram at Seth Savoy uh, or IMDb. You can find me either one, but um, yeah, you can check out Echo everywhere. It's on Amazon. It's on iTunes. It's on Apple. Seth, this was fun. Man. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, dude. Let's uh, let's get to the next. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, everybody. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I finally get my man cave. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the MCC Podcast, and our website, the MCC Podcast Until next time. Until next time.